This is your host, Terry Noland, and this is your community. Come on in, grab a seat, and strap in. Welcome to the podcast this week. I am so glad that you are here, and I hope that you listened to the podcast from last week. Literacy leaders live a life of you squared. In that episode, I talked about a simple, small little book that is an easy read called You Squared that is about maximizing your life. And one of the concepts I shared was about potential, not only seeing your own potential, but seeing the potential in others. And I got great feedback that said, yeah, I get it. However, what do we really mean when we talk about potential? What does that look like, feel like, sound like? What does it mean to see my own potential, realize my potential, much less see the potential in other people? So I thought, you know what? You're exactly right. We need to dive in to potential. And luckily, this actually was really good for me because I needed to do some learning around this topic as I'm integrating some of these thoughts and some upcoming speaking engagements all about potential. And this podcast is Literacy Leaders Put the 10 in Potential. 10, T-E-N, Potential. And so that's what we're going to discuss today. You know, if you look up that definition of potential, because I thought, yeah, what is it? What do we mean by potential? It is having or showing the capacity to become or develop into something in the future. Having or showing the capacity to become or develop something in the future. It's all about my future state. It's all about who I am in the future. It's all about who I want to be, who I can be in the future. Now, there is this interesting word in that statement, and that is capacity. So often we think capacity is a limited thing. Capacity means full. Capacity is this finite thing, but let's flip the script on this word and think about capacity as something that can grow and expand. Now, here's a simple little story that can provide some insight, and it may be what goes on in your household if you are needing to pack for something. We are a military family, and so we've made quite a few moves in our life, and it never failed that we would have our movers come, and they would help pack everything, but then there would be those things that we needed to put in our car, including us and the children, and all of the luggage, and all of the little knickknacks, and this thing, and that thing that we didn't want to send with our packed goods. And it never failed that my husband would look at this mound, this huge pile of luggage and pillows and toys and all these things and just shake his head and say, no, we're never getting all of this in the car with us. And I said, stand back and watch. And it never failed that I would find every nook and cranny and crevice and put things inside of one another and roll things and squeeze things. And you better believe we got in that car and we still weren't at capacity. I looked at things differently. 
he looked at things as like, we'll never be able to do it. And I said, stand back and watch. I'll get it done. You may have this same instance in your own household, but I think it helps us understand capacity. When we think we're full, we're not. Capacity is something that can be ever-changing, ever-growing, and we need to think about capacity in that way. One of the statements that I made in the previous podcast was the fact that the research tells us that everyone has potential inside of them, but we only use about 10% of our potential. Because that means that when we pack the car, we put everything in as is. We put the big suitcase as is, not packed to the maximum capacity. We put the stuffed animals as is rather than squishing it down into a little corner and crevice so that there's no room left. So we want to realize our capacity in ourselves as well as our students, as well as others around us. Think of it this way, is that if you had a hundred acres and that hundred acres of land had potential to grow things and you only cultivated and harvested and worked only one acre, we don't want that to happen. We need to cultivate and harvest And you're saying to yourself, yeah, that's a lot of work. Well, it is. You're exactly right. It is a lot of work to develop yourself to get better for the future. But that's why you want to supersede what other people are doing. As a literacy leader, you've got to supersede what others are doing. You've got to march forward with such a velocity in your life because you want to make monumental impact and harvest as much of that land as you can. Marcus Buckingham thought of potential in this way. It's almost like people are walking around with buckets. And we often think about people that are walking around with their bucket and we see high potential written across their bucket, like it's just some designated thing for that person. And then we've got others walking around with low potential on their bucket. And then we've got still others that are walking around with no potential on their bucket. And we think that there's even like holes in the bottom of some people's bucket and it's just dripping out, that their potential is dripping out. Once again, this isn't a way that we should look at potential, isn't a way that we should look at our capacity. We can grow our capacity. We can shove things in the nooks and crannies of our life to increase our potential. You know, a good way to think about potential is this unique path to growth. And there is no finish line. So often we equate potential to being successful. So somebody that has attained a certain level of accomplishment in their life, certain level of title, certain level of income, certain level of influence, they have reached their potential. And I will say to you, absolutely not. They've got more potential inside of them because we're constantly growing. And if we see ourselves as this way, we can see our students this way as well. Here's another great way to think about potential. 
and that is going to the physical world, physical science. What is potential energy? It is energy that is stored up in relation to other objects. Let's put this in perspective. That is saying that think about someone that is doing archery and they've got a bow with that arrow and they have that bow pulled back and that arrow is ready to fly. That is potential energy. It's stored up. It's ready to move. The minute you release that bow, what happens to the arrow? It flies through the air. It is stored up. It is compounding inside yourself until it's ready to be released. So when we think about potential in this way, we can start to realize that our potential not only needs to be stored up, but it needs to be released. There is an instance, too, where there is this analogy of thinking about potential. Let's imagine a hot air balloon. A hot air balloon that's going up, up, up. But then there's these sandbags hanging off the air balloon. And we look at some people with heavier sandbags, with more sandbags, kind of like the buckets, and see them as, well, they don't have much potential inside of them. And why do we do that as humans? It's because we try to look at people as if they are different from us, when in fact they're not. We've all got potential inside of us. We've all got the capacity to do more, be more, see more, think more, relate more. There's a story that's told about when there are elephants that are in captivity. And this small baby elephant is locked with a chain by one leg. You can almost picture what I'm talking about here. And so that baby elephant wants to go and move and run and pulls that chain with that one leg and then stops because that chain pulls them back. The chain is stronger than their ability at that moment as a small elephant. And so as that elephant grows, tries, tries, but then eventually gives up, realizing that I've tried pulling on this chain so many times and it doesn't release and I can't go anywhere. They've come to the realization, I'm stuck. So often in education, we do that with our students that struggle to read. Because we base their potential, we base their capacity off of their ability to decode or comprehend. And we see that chain. And then because we've seen that chain on them, and because we also have not shown them their own potential, they see the chain for themselves, and they know that they can't go anywhere. When in reality, a grown elephant could actually rip that chain from the earth. We got to give our students the belief in themselves to be able to break the chains. So let's think about how us as literacy leaders can put the 10 
and potential along with some other ideas. So the first thing I want to share with you is we've got to put a 10 on everyone's head. I've shared this many times in this podcast, but it relates especially well to the idea of potential. And that is if I see everyone with a 10 on their head, with the ability to break free from any chain placed on them, if I see it, and if I tell them I see it, then they start to believe it. Like I said, in education, as humans, we see a child that can't read, whether it be because of their decoding ability or their ability to understand what they just read. And we look at them and say, wow, look at that chain on them. Look at the sandbags. Look at them walking around with a bucket that says no potential. And I want to tell you right now that every person has greatness wrapped up inside of them. They have ability to do grand things. And if I look at you that way, if I think of you that way, and think of myself that way, then I can start to not only just store up my potential, but release it someday as well. So as literacy leaders, we put the 10 in potential because we're putting 10s on everybody's head. And if you need to walk around and visualize this and see that 10 on somebody's forehead, then do it. Absolutely do it. Another thought where we can raise the potential for ourselves and for students is John Maxwell calls this the law of the lid. The law of the lid states that as individuals, we will never rise above where our lid is. If my lid is that I have not perfected my abilities in technology and I don't work at it, I will never raise my lid. I'll never get there. So if I am like, oh, technology, I don't like technology. I'm never going to work on technology. I've placed a lid on myself and I'll never bust through that lid. I'll never break the chains like with the elephant. I'll never do it. And so the law of the lid can be placed on myself. It can pl also be placed on me by someone else. This is where me as an educator, me as a leader in my school, I can be placing lids on my teachers. I can be placing lids on my students that say, well, they'll never get it. So we're just going to do this minimum level of instruction. And I hope that we are not making that assumption. Let's believe in everyone. Let's don't place lids on anyone. We need to see this for ourselves and raise the lids in certain areas of our lives and evaluate what those areas are. You know what? One of the areas for me is data, statistics. Even when I was working through my PhD program, I was like, oh dear, I'm going to have to run statistical analysis. I'm going to have to take a statistics course. Sure, I'm okay with numbers, but are you telling me I have to do all of these regressions and analysis and all of these things? It scared me to death. And what happened was 
do a little bit of learning and a little bit of doing. A little bit of learning and a little bit of doing. Learning, doing, learning, doing. And that started to lift my lid on statistics. Now, am I a master statistician? Absolutely not, because after my PhD program, I stopped. I stopped working on that skill because I realized at that time I didn't need that particular skill. And so I was going to work on other areas of my life. Also with the law of the lid, we don't need to just look at others as they are. We need to see them as they could be, as who they can be. Every student, not as they are, but who they can be. When they act out and have bad behavior, okay, remind myself, they're a 10. I promise you they're a 10. What am I going to do? How am I going to look at them? Of course, we need to be able to recorrect. Absolutely. But we also never need to lose the 10 view on anyone. Another idea around this potential thing is this is also a time issue. We've had a 10 issue, a lid issue. We've also got a time issue. So often we see people doing grand and glorious things and like, wow, they have just unleashed their potential. They are so much better than me. They were just gifted with this bucket of potential that we're walking around. And that's not true. You didn't see the hard work that got them there. You didn't see the pain and the toil and the storing up of that energy, the storing up of skills, the storing up of adding value to their lives through growth. They were storing it up. All we saw was the moment of glory. And so we think that this potential thing is this grand and glorious thing when in fact potential is about making course corrections along the way. I messed up. Course correct. I messed up. Course correct. Course correct. This 2% course correct is what's going to get us to unleash our potential, to be able to get the next job, to be able to get that accolade that I wanted. It's because I made 2% course corrections all the way. I don't go zero to 10 overnight. It just doesn't happen. It doesn't happen for anyone. But we have placed stories in our brain because of what we see in people's high and glorious moments that, well, their bucket of potential was much fuller than my bucket of potential. I just don't have as much as they do. That's false thinking. Same thing when we look at our children. False thinking. Let's see them and course correct. Let's do those assessments along the way to see where we are, a diagnostic and prescriptive approach to the way that we teach students to read because we are course correcting, course correcting, course correcting over and over. It is a time issue that we need to think about. Learning to read for a student that has a learning disability or is struggling to read for other reasons, that takes time. In that time, I never need to lose my insight on someone's potential. Keep that 10 on their head. 
There's another issue that comes up in potential, and this one is really interesting, and that is a price issue. This price issue is if I am actually going to unleash my potential in whatever area that I want to lean into in my life, then I am going to have to pay a price. And sometimes that is the price of time. That is the price of money. That is the price of where I need to forego going to something fun because I need to work and get good at whatever it is I am after. This is what potential is about. It's about your growth journey. It's not about just automatically waking up in a morning and standing on a stage. It's about the journey. And there is a price journey. Now I'm going to bring this price issue to the world of literacy and what we are seeing so often across our country. And this issue of where we are with materials that have been bought that we are now starting to realize may not be the best approach for our students. There was a big price tag attached. And I am hearing from so many people that I interact with all the way from superintendents to principals to educators that are saying, but we paid the price. And so we have to use these materials. And I'll say to you, if you use the materials in the way that they were designed, then you are not actualizing potential in kids. You're not. We're placing a lid on them. We're not getting them to their maximum and full potential. One of the greatest things that I heard, and I think I mentioned it on last week's podcast about this idea of leveled readers and placing kids in levels. This is putting a lid on kids and their potential. There was a price tag attached to those books. And this was shared with Brent Conway at a speaking session that we were at, at a conference. And he said, remember, a book is a book is a book. We don't have to use those books in the way that they were designed to put kids into a level, toss those books in the air, see where they fall down into their corresponding themes. And now we can use those books differently. And I've also looked at my kids differently with their potential. And if they can't decode the book, then don't give them the book. That's not the point. So we need to remember there is a price issue. Dollars. Time. Now the last one I'm going to share with you is about a knowing doing issue. I'm going to go back to the top of this podcast where I gave the definition of potential. Having or showing the capacity to become or develop into something in the future. Having or showing. Having showing. This is where knowing doing comes into play. Knowing doing. The thing about potential is this. Same thing with potential energy. It's stored up. If we keep everything stored up inside of us and never release it, never show it, never prove something, never do something, then no, I will never reach my potential. No, I will never fill to capacity. Knowing something is way different than doing something. As a literacy leader, you can know everything there is to know about the science of reading. 
If you don't do, it doesn't matter. You've stored it up. You are that arrow sitting in that bow and you're never released. What if you release the bow and that arrow, your knowledge, your wisdom, who you are as an individual, and you start to get more meetings with more people to have conversations? Maybe your goal is to move out of education into a space where you want to go and consult with schools. And you never thought you had the potential to do that. Don't just store up. Release the energy. Release the potential. We all have this inside of us. All right, literacy leaders. We got to put the 10 in potential. Got to look at kids differently. We got to understand we can't place lids on ourselves, on our students. We've got to understand the time issue, the price issue, the knowing, doing issue. I'm going to leave you with a quote from Charles Schwab. When a man has put a limit on what he will do, he has put a limit on what he can do. We want to make sure that we're not putting limits on ourselves or on our students. Because potential is about who I'm going to become in the future. Who I am going to become, the job I'm going to get, the relationships that I have, the thinking that I'm able to do, and literacy underpins all of it. Let's release potential for ourselves and for our students. Put a 10 on everybody's head. Thank you for going on the journey today. Thank you for being present. Thank you for continuing to grow and learn. If we are going to make an impact on education, create significance in the lives of our students, we need you. If you want to learn more about Learning Ally, visit us at learningally.org and be a part of a transformational community.